is the main event. What you gonna do? If you're so mad, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Woo! Yeah! Ooh, yeah. I am the game. Costoco said so. Oh my god! What I'd like to have right now. Rest in peace, Waterrush. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Are you ready? Everyone has a price. Yeah, I come here to fight. Sandy innovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Introducing your old school pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell. This is Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. The buckle, the boot, the prestige, the money of the bunkhouse stampede. Being the baddest of the bad, being the bull of the woods, if you will. 25, 30 million, stampeding into one little bit of ring, you understand? With one thing in mind, to hush somebody, to kick somebody booty, to twist their arm off and put their ankles up in the chin. And many mornings I got up. Dwelling on the fact of being the two times winner of the bunkhouse stampede, how am I going to do it this year? When last year I had to feel around, see if my nose was still on my face. Look up in the morning and see if my ears were still on my head. My eyeballs in the socket was, were playing steady on my mind because I knew Dusty Rose has to be the bunkhouse stampede champion for the third time. If you will, for your hockey fans, it's a hat trick. You understand? It's a hat trick. And Dusty Rose now comes at you with this in mind. Anywhere, any place that on the marquee you see the National Wrestling Alliance presents the Bunkhouse Stampede. If you want to just feel a little bit of how bad it is to be the baddest, to be the bull of the woods, then and only then, buy your ticket, walk in and sit down and watch Dusty Rhodes become the bull of the woods. wrestling world was hit hard this past Thursday with the news of the passing of the American dream Dusty Rhodes his death was sudden and unexpected to us and the ripple will be felt for years to come especially in NXT we've been working with the next generation of superstars on their characters and promos welcome to beyond the bell I'm your host Sean Beckerman as we cover and relive and remember the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. If you were any kind of fan during the 1970s and 80s, 
during which he was one of the biggest names in the business. You no doubt have some fond memories of the dream to comfort you during this solemn, solemn time. The man known as the American Dream has left a long-lasting legacy in the industry as a talent, a mentor, and a creative mastermind. He booked some of the most fondly remembered angles in history. He was a legendary talker who ranks in, no doubt, the one of the all-time greats. He has a litany of classic matches to his credit and even gifted the business with two immensely talented sons, Dustin and Cody. The flood of heartfelt condolences being sent out since last week by all those whose lives he's touched have shown what an impact Dusty had, specifically the NXT trainees, like I mentioned at the top, all of which devastated at the loss. In honor of his life and career, tonight we look back at some of the American Dream's defining moments, matches, angles, and in between some of the classic promos during his legendary Hall of Fame career and life. Thank you, Dream, for all you've done. Thank you for the memories, and tonight, on Beyond the Bell, your old school home, we celebrate and remember the dream. I just thank God that uh, there are people like yourself come out to see the American dream, because when I was growing up, I sure didn't think 265 pounds of blue-eyed soul would captivate a country like a hell. The people drive me. The greatest sports attraction in the world today, the little plumber's son, who come out of the ditch and became so sweet. You know how to give and how to take. You dig it? You see every hope I locked away. So pull me close and surrender to my heart. Dusty Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes has just become the world heavyweight wrestling champion. The fans beginning to clamor inside the ring. So pull me close and surrender to my heart. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My heart is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. So come on. And hard times are when a man works a job for 30 years, 30 years, yeah. and they give him a watch. Hey, it don't matter who you go be next year, Johnny Damon. Oh, 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 oh. There are some weird people here. Oh, I haven't noticed. So it is, it is a great honor, especially standing here with my brother, to induct our father. And now I am so proud to present you our father, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. If the flame goes out tonight, let your heart be next to mine. For the flame goes out tonight. We don't have to talk about what I've done or where I've been. You've met my two sons. I'm so proud of them. 
One thing is for sure, though, when you go back and you look at our industry, you look at passion. The passion I have for this industry is why I'm still here. In our future years, we're the next team, the next generation. Get a dream, hold on to it, and shoot for the sky. I have been to the mountaintop, and it will take a hell of a man to knock me off. So, this is the American dream. And I'm going to tell you one thing. Happy trails to you till we meet again. It was the dream versus the superstar. While he carved out the majority of his success in the NWA and its southern territories, Dusty had a brief run up north for Vince McMahon Sr.'s WWF. At the time, the champion was another man who was simply ahead of his time, superstar Billy Graham. He can be credited as having a heavy influence on such top stars as the immortal Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, and Scott Steiner. Rhodes and Graham would square off in what was considered a dream feud with two of the sport's best talkers trying to one-up each other on the mic and between the ropes. The dream main evented against Graham in Madison Square Garden twice, losing by countout in the first and then dropping a Texas death match in the second. The bouts were classics and were performed in front of a typical, for the time, rabid New York City crowd, excited for the chance to witness the man they've only read about in wrestling magazines, the American Dream. The two had such an amazing chemistry together that it's a shame the run didn't last longer. And by the time they crossed paths in the same company again, Graham was already long past his prime. But for its time, it was a program for the millennium. The dream versus the superstar. Also right now, let's bring on the reigning worldwide rusting federation heavyweight champion, the man who, when he probably got back to the dressing room in Boston, went, because, Mr. Graham, you almost lost. I was sweating. Matter of fact, I was, as you know very good and well, I was carried back to the locker room. The man literally, bodily, physically, and maliciously and viciously threw me over the top rope against the plexiglass used at the hockey matches and ruptured practically my spleen. And I was carefully, physically drugged back to the locker room and the belt was drugged behind me by the skin of my teeth. I held onto this belt, unaware that the American dream was so vicious, unaware that he meant business. But now, now that I know he means business, I'm going to be on the defense. The Grand Wizard covered my plan, right? Grand Wizard, defense, defense, defense. 
That's right, defense all the way. The superstar and I are aware of the viciousness that lies between the evil heart of Dusty Rhodes. Well, American Dream, you're going to be in for quite a surprise in Boston because the superstar and I do have the new strategy and you, son of a plumber, gone down the drain, little tidy bowl man. The Grand Wizard of Wrestling along with superstar Billy Graham. Right now, we did indeed make reference to the ranked number one contender earlier. Let's bring on the son of a plumber. Let's bring on a man whose dream appears to unquestionably be on the, the proper path to come true. I just was uh, rapping before I come up here to probably one of the greatest athletes in our country today, Bob Backlund. And he told me, he said, you know, he said, if they got a good defense, he said, you got to counter it with a good offense. And it's very true because the American dream is offensively. You know, I'm, I'm minded that way. I'm geared to offense, you understand? I'm geared to moving. I'm geared to jabbing. I'm geared to moving. I'm geared to takedowns. I'm geared to taking superstars Billy, Billy Graham's big 22-inch arm in my hands and ripping up on it. And he be talking about, I was hurt. You know what was hurt about superstar Billy Graham? His feelings were hurt. His feelings were hurt because when he went home, his, his whoever he was with say, boy, you ought to be ashamed of yourself for letting that man jump on you like that and nearly beat you half a death. The weasel went out and got loaded on milk and everything. It was so messed up, he didn't know where it was going or what it was doing. The whole town was electrified. It's going to happen. Superstar Graham will find the end of a rainbow. The dream will win in Boston. A defining moment in the career of Dusty Rhodes was when he won the NWA World Championship. Until about the late 80s, there was no more prestigious championship in all of wrestling than the NWA World Title. Because the NWA was made up of many different regional territories, a committee had to vote who would become champion. So to earn the honor, truly, usually meant that truly the promoters from all across the United States held you in high regard and saw money in you that you could draw and be the top guy. Dusty Rhodes won the first two of his three NWA championships from another one of the all-time greats, the legendary Harley Race. The two had a bloody rival, a bloody feud that tore down houses all across the country and were putting on revolutionary matches for the time. The first win came at a house show in Dusty's home base of Tampa, Florida. In August of 1979, at the Armory, a fabled wrestling venue. Unfortunately, the American Dream held the title for less than a week before dropping it back to Handsome Harley. He would win it from race once more a couple years later in Atlanta, this time managing to hold onto it for several months. The man who unseated the champion... None other than Hall of Famer, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. For the first of his unparalleled amount of championship reigns, Rhodes would win his third and final world title back from Flair in 1986 at the Great American Bash. But Dusty, with the old saying, the money is in the chase, if you will, proved to be true as he was far better challenger 
than a champion. Welcome back to the Superstation, ladies and gentlemen. We know that the American Dream Dusty Rhodes is very deeply involved in this summer's Great American Bash. His situation with Barry Windham has certainly reached the boiling point. And earlier this week, in the volunteer state of Tennessee, Dusty Rhodes had this to say with Tony Schiavone. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, as we talked before, we are less than one week away right now from the big event. Right now, as Barry Windham is walking back to his dressing room, we like to bring in the one and only American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Jim Ross said it. It's almost time for the big event, and I know from seeing Barry Windham that he is prepared. Ain't it good to be alive and raised in hell in Tennessee? Yeah! The bottom line here is the Great American Bashers are now on the air. Live in the color, Jack. Bear Wyndham, you're another one of yellow dog like the rest of the four horsemen. <laughs> the other bottom line here is my man Stinger. My man Nikita Koloff, the doctor death, the baddest man in the world. <laughs> and my brothers of the road, the road warriors. We too taking names and writing them down. Now, as the name taking is over, the honey kicking gonna stop. It's gonna start now. It's gonna run through the summer and it's hot, hot, hot in public, if you will. I've never been a man to back down from anybody. You got to understand, Bear Wyndham, you're starting those punk kid. I'm gonna take my U.S. title and put it back around my waist where it belongs. The other bottom line is that the world's heavyweight wrestling champion, the world's heavyweight wrestling champion, the nature boy, Ric Flair, finally now meets his greatest challenge. Lex Luger will be the new world's heavyweight wrestling champion. It made me think just a little bit in public again. Bob Dylan said one time, he said to me, Bobby D said, you know, sometime life is a drag, sometime life is a bust, but we all got to do what we must. We got to keep on, keep it on, baby. And now then, we gonna start Keeping on, keeping on, my brother's gonna kick some booty this summer, baby. That's the bottom line. I love you, Tennessee. I wanna say hello to all my fans. Fairview and Allen, Texas. The big dust is coming home tonight, baby. Like I mentioned at the top of our program, not just inside the squared circle, but behind the scenes, Dusty was revolutionary. He conceptualized big time events currently used to this very day. Despite the fact that Vince McMahon is given credit as the man who revolutionized the industry, a large share of that should also go to Dusty. It was the dreams vision that gave us the aforementioned and illustrious war games, and he also brought to life huge events such as Starcade, the Great American Bash, Battle Bowl, and the Crockett Cup. As with any booker who's also an active wrestler, Rhodes fell under criticism that he was positioning himself too strongly, but crowd support and ticket sales go lo- go a long way in dispelling that notion. Still, it's a tricky spot to be in, and it's been said that he eventually burnt himself out. But for a while, there was no greater mind in the business 
than Dusty Rhodes. When Vince threw down the gauntlet to the pay-per-view providers and warned them against airing shows in opposition to his, Rhodes hit right back by creating a free super show called The Clash of the Champions, one of WCW's premier events. Some of the most seminal moments in the company's history took place at these shows, and they didn't they did a lot to keep the organization to a relatively level or on a certain level and a certain playing field while battling their northern competitors and neighbor for the wrestling fans dollar. You know, David Crockett, it's understood by now that Ole Anderson, one of the full horsemen, is back in seven, eight, nine years of my lifetime has been spent waking up in the morning with a toothache or a black eye or stitches in my face at the hands of Ole Anderson. And that's fine. Because the same time I was waking up with a little heartache, with a little serious pain, he was waking up with twice as much serious heartache and serious pain. And the four husband, Tully Blanchard, Iron Anderson, Ole Anderson, James J. Dillon, and the nature boy, Rick Flair, it brings to mind one thing. At the Great American Bash, this country's capital, Washington, D.C., is a very place in my heart because that place is where it's going to happen. Rick Flair, you come out here and can talk about 13 other guys, 13 other men, and not a one of them has wore the gold around the waist one time, much less two times. Dusty Rose has two times world's heavyweight champion. And Ronald Reagan, you and Nancy better get your seats. And Delvin and Joe Ely, I want a rocket and socket. Because in Washington, D.C., the American dream becomes world's heavyweight champion for the third time. And the four husband can take that to the bank. The war games, the match beyond. As our creative contributor, Rhodes gave us some incredibly memorable memorable and influential angles and matches. But possibly his most well-remembered is the match concept that's still celebrated today. Even to this very day, fans are pining for the WWE to resurrect it in the modern day era. They want the war games back. The concept of the war games is a mixture of the Royal Rumble, and Hell in a Cell is with two teams of five men screwing off in a cage, beginning with one representative from each side, then adding an additional member every few minutes until all superstars have entered into the com- in, into the combat zone, at which point in the match can only end by submission. Miraculously, the heels always manage to get lucky enough to win the coin toss, and the good guys always had the odds stacked against them, right? The first board game series featured Dusty Rose, Nikita Koloff, the Road Warriors and Paul Ellering against the Four Horsemen, comprised of Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, and Lex Luger, plus their manager, J.J. Dillon. I suggest going back into the archives of the Horsemen Files as we break down this, this event, this match, specifically what led up to it and what resulted from the first ever War Games. The match continued on for a decade, giving us some of the greatest bouts in history, especially... Wrestle War 92, 
until the company ruined the legacy, in a sense, during the years of its death throes. But those early matches and the concept itself will live forever in professional wrestling lore. Thanks, Dusty. Um, and then we're sitting here, the four horsemen, with the busy things that we have to do, waiting on him. Now, there's no excuse That's for this. That's typical, though. That's typical. That's the same thing he always does. It's a psych-out thing. You know, like, is he going to show? Is he not going to show? You know, Mr. Men in Crockett, our position. Men in our position. Mr. Crockett looks pretty confident across the room over there. Well, look who's here. I'm sure that Rolex watch of yours uh, keeps good time. I hope we haven't inconvenienced you this afternoon. How you doing, Jimmy? Good, Dustin. Well, we'll make this real short and sweet because I'm sure we all have a very busy schedule. Dusty Rhodes has issued a challenge on national television where he wants to put up $50,000 and face Mr. Blanchard for the world television title. But we've made it clear from day one that as long as Mr. Blanchard remains the champion, we'll dictate the terms. And we have never felt and do not feel now that we need to face you on television under any circumstances. But the question here of the $50,000 does intrigue us. Number one, we don't know for a fact that there is $50,000 in the paper sack that you, uh, in the paper sack that you uh, brought on television. Okay, now, I understand that Mr. Crockett has been besieged with calls from promoters all over the country, and I know the phones have been ringing from wrestling fans all over the country wanting to see this match. So I assume that you would like to see this match take place. But again, we dictate the terms. So, Mr. Crockett, if you want to make this match, it's going to cost you upfront money, apart from any purse or any other consideration, just to make the match and to Mr. Blanchard appear and defend the title, it's going to cost you upfront money $50,000. Mr. Dillon, it's highly irregular to get an appearance money and your normal compensation for wrestling. Well, that's just how it's going to be. Jimmy, I got $50,000 here. Let's stop talking about it. The, the, the money's here. My money's here. I want the match. Do whatever needs to be done. I want the match. Let's stop talking about it. My understanding is it's a winner-take-all situation. We're expected to put up the $50,000. So uh, this represents uh, our part of the of the total purse. That's our $50,000. And I assume that check is good. Now, we're going to waive our normal uh, procedure where we would dictate the date and the location. And uh, we're going to let you do that. I mean, that's the least we can do. Well, uh, now that I, you have endorsed the check, uh, sort of given up that right to pick much of anything, I have a contract here for your man, Tully Blanchard, to defend the world television title against uh, Dusty Rhodes on June the 6th in Greensboro, North Carolina. There you are, sir. Now the only thing left that I can see is to establish that, in fact, uh, Mr. Rhodes has $50,000 here. You get your hand off the money. You want the money, June the 6th, Greensboro, North Carolina, you come and get it. Magnum's going to be holding the money that night in the building from here on out. That's all we got to say about it. Thank you, Mr. Crockett, very much. I'll see you June the 6th in Greensboro, Tully Blanchard. There was a time that the dream nearly lost an eye. Dusty and the Road Warriors were three of the most popular stars in all of Jim, Cro Jim Crockett promotions. And the Warriors were booked as an unstoppable force that all the heels were terrified of. The trio had a run as the six-man tag team champions and looked to be an unbreakable alliance. 
Just imagine WWE trying to have a six-man tag team division today. They could barely <laughs> properly book more than one title at a time. Yet the 1980s era, Crockett had no less than six championships, which were all treated as important and hotly contested. Such a competitive environment. In 1988, the Road Warriors turned heel on their longtime allies and engaged in a feud with their former partner. Dusty booked an angle where Animal removed a spike from his shoulder pads and tried to pry his eye out, causing a massive loss of blood and the executives at Turner Broadcasting to throw a fit at the same time. The move actually cost Rhodes his job, but it was such a stark moment of violence that still sticks with fans to this very day. Unfortunately, turning the hugely popular Warriors heel was a miscalculation, as they were just far too over to be effective. And it wasn't long before they were back in the good graces of the fans, battling villains once again. A misstep by the Dream, but a memorable moment in his career. Fans with us right now, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty, not only are you hurting from the match, you got to be hurting inside. Hey. I, I can't believe that Baby Doll turned on you like that, Dusty. If you can figure this one out, send it home, you're a better man than I am. Let me tell you something. I'm glad now everybody chose a side. I'm glad now on this fall section that everyone knows where the lines are drawn. I'm glad now that Nature Boy Ric Flair, the lowest form of athlete in this country, along with that Jezebel, bring it all. Now then, draw the line, and if I can't afraid, lay in the same bed. Cause that's where the boogeyman's gonna get you, in the same bed. All of you gonna be gathered up one of these nights one of these days, and I'm going to come and get you. Tell that Blanchard, you should have broke my neck, Daddy. You should have torn my heart out of my body. The whipping you're going to get is going to be shameful. The whipping you're going to get, Iron Anderson, is going to be shameful. The whipping you get, Ole Anderson, is going to be shameful. And the whipping you get, Ric Flair, is going to be shameful and baby doll. Shame on you, mama. I know you better than anybody. I know you better than anybody. It's going to be shameful. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes fans. And right now, let's go to the ring. And in the ring, Tony Schiavone. We've talked about this moment many times, especially during the Horseman Files. The moment, the Horseman, or the incident involving a moment that would change the rivalry between the Horseman and Dusty Rhodes forever. The incident involving the Horseman breaking Dusty's arm. The battles between the Horseman and Rhodes are a part of legendary moments in professional wrestling with various people assuming the role of the Dream's allies along the way. The feud was hot and heavy, and lasted for years, with Dusty having lengthy wars with each individual member at some point, particularly, and mainly, the nature boy Ric Flair. Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson were his top foes, perhaps the one moment 
that lingers with the fans the most is the time that the four horsemen ambushed Dusty in a parking lot and broke his arm. The spot was revolutionary for the time and a precursor to the backstage segments that we are overloaded with today. But in 1986, it was practically unheard of. A video showed the horsemen following Dusty. They hired a cameraman that supposedly didn't know what was happening. They told him to shut up. This is what we pay you for. Just film. And they follow Dusty as he drives down the road with J.J. Dillon narrating to a handheld video camera. When he pulls into a parking lot and exits his vehicle, they jump him with weapons, restraining his arm against the truck and breaking it. Conveniently censored for a TV broadcast. For fans who only know of life in the post-kayfabe world, it's hard to convey just what a huge moment this was. There were literally fans crying while the video was being showed and and aired on television. A lot of the Horsemen's immense success can be partially attributed to how far the dream went to get them heat. And this is another prime example of how he stayed on the cutting edge. When the legend's not around, but when he comes in, the American dream makes them all cower away. Well, Chief said to David Crockett, you know, run a gov and learn the hard way. $50,000 was paid to take Dusty Rhodes out of wrestling. Now, then, Jerry Hart says, dog collar around the baddest dog of them all's neck. Let me tell you something, Jerry Hart. We've been playing the dozen for many years. It goes back to back down now. It goes back a long time. You went into my bed. You went into my houses. You went into my home. You went into my backyard and tried to take Dusty Rose up. The bottom line is a legend. The American Dream Dusty Rose. Now, then, taking care of business. 1988, American Crusade across this country. Now then, I'm coming for Gary Hart, for Al Perez, and for Kevin Sullivan because, woo, Lord, only no, Kevin Sullivan, you are just a little devil. You're just a little devil, and I'm going to tell you something, brother. You're going to have to know now that your devilish ways are over. I'm going to clean you up. I'm going to put the dog collar around my neck, and I'm going to choke you down. Because when it's all said and done, the American dream is the one. you got to feel right for this thing, Gerhard. Look at me, because I'm coming for you, Daddy. All right, everybody. Has yeah. All right. Welcome to Americana Butcher Shop. We don't sell no soda pop, but if you're looking for good beef, this is the place to stop. Ernest, come on over here. We're going to take you in the treasure chest of beef right here and show you what it's all about here at Americana. Come on in here now, Ernest. Oh, man, and look at that nice piece of veal hanging up there. Ernest, tell him folk about this veal That's right here. Nice oh, leg of veal. Leg of veal. And what is this two-legged creature right here? We know That's what that is. Nice leg of lamb. Leg of lamb. I love leg of lamb. What we got right here, them old rump roasts and everything. That's a nice rump roast. Ooh, and we know what this is right That's here. bologna. This is bologna, and we are full of it today. Yeah, come on over here. We're going to make some Americana right here, ground-up beef. Look here. Stick it right in there. Get that thing working down in there. Now, look down on the other end here, and you will see some of the finest Americana ground beef in the country right there. Woo-wee! That looks so good. Let me tell you something now. I'm going to tell you one time. You cannot beat my prices. But you sure can't beat my meal. Hey, aren't you? Woo! 
Have no fear, the son of plumbers. What's going on, baby? What can I do for you? Thank God you're here. I'm here to check your plumbing. You know that. Now, let me ask you a couple questions. Is the ding-a-dinging? No, the dinger's not dinging. Is the ringer ringing? And the ringer's not ringing. Is that water, like, I, I'm trying to think now, is it like real crystal clear? You know what I'm talking about, Mama? No. It's not? No. Who? Is it brown? It's bad. Dark, dark brown. You talking about chocolate brown? Coming I got just a thing. We got to fix this, Mama. Woo-wee. Oh, wow. We got a mess here. Look at this barbecue. Ooh, I wonder what that is. I can't see what that is down there. Whoa. 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 That's worse than I thought, Mama. Listen, you don't want to see this thing now. I got to do a potty bypass. If you ain't seen one of these, you don't want to be looking. You're too pretty to be seen. You step outside. I'm going to take care of business. Hey, leave the good doctor with his tools. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to take care of this thing. Ooh, that's hard, too. But I got to get into it. Business time. Ooh, yeah. Oh, baby. Whoa, Lottie, honey, open door, open door, I got something for you. Woo-wee, oh yeah, look at it, what, what I do, what I do, let me get this out and show you, what I do, I did the first ever triple potty bypass, I mean 43 pounds, look at it, look at it, woo-wee, it is beautiful. Don't want to break it, baby, don't want to break it. Woo, I got some unfinished business to do. Matter of fact, a little cosmetic surgery. Fans with us right now, the American Dream, Dusty Rose, Dusty. Not only are you hurting from the match, you gotta be hurting inside. Hey. I, I can't believe that Baby Doll turned on you like that, Dusty. If you can figure this one out sitting at home, you're a better man than I am. Let me tell you something. I'm glad now everybody chose a side. I'm glad now on this fall section that everyone knows where the lines are drawn. I'm glad now that Nature Boy Ric Flair, the lowest form of athlete in this country, along with that Jezebel, bring it all. Now then, draw the line. And if I can't afraid, lay in the same bed. Cause that's where the boogeyman's gonna get you, in the same bed. All of you gonna be gathered up one of these nights, one of these days, and I'm gonna come and get you. Tell that Blanchard, you should have broke my neck, Daddy. You should have tore my heart out of my body. The whipping you're gonna get is gonna be shameful. The whipping you're gonna get, Iron Anderson, is gonna be shameful. The whipping you get. Ole Anderson is going to be shameful. And the whipping you get, Ric Flair, is going to be shameful and baby doll. Shame on you, mama. I know you're better than anybody. I know you're better than anybody. It's going to be shameful. She's going to be proud of it. Hey, darling, mama, come in here. I want to show you something now. Look at this. Woo, ho, ho. Hey, your pride and joy is ready. Take a look here. Hey, no more tidy bowl. You know what I mean? No more janitor in a drum. No more draino, if you will. I mean, this here is ready for better homes and garden. Take a picture of this. Woo, let me ask you, is it ringing? Is it dinging? 
All right, test time, test time. I like you. Put your finger on that thing and listen to this music. Woohoo! You in business now, and I'm on the cover of Pummel's Weekly. Yeah! Woo! Hey, aren't you? Who can forget when we saw the superpowers unite? If you're all familiar with big stars, you know, big, big man stars in this era, guys like Big Show and Kane switch between being heel and face every few months, the impact of this moment will be lost on you because this is when it you rarely saw a, a change in a baby face or heel when they would switch sides. But honestly, it's probably the single greatest face turn in the history of the business, business just like Dusty would say, arguably one of the biggest turns. In the mid-80s, there were no more dastardly villains in all of wrestling than Ivan and Nikita Koloff. The Russians spat on America and everything she stood for while making it their mission to fell as many of the U.S. heroes as they could. Nikita Koloff was the prototype for men like Goldberg, intense killing machines, who were all action and very little talk. And his war with Magnum T.A. was legendary. When the popular superstar was paralyzed as a result of an automobile accident in 1987, Dusty Rhodes found himself without a tag team partner on screen and struggling with the catastrophic career-ending injury of one of his closest friends behind the scenes. Using the very real and raw emotions that fans and wrestlers alike were dealing with over Magnum's accident, Nikita did the absolutely unthinkable and sided with his hated enemy to carry on Magnum's legacy. It was a story of respect, respect gained through bloodshed and immediately made Nikita one of the most popular wrestlers in the industry. And what made it work was just how authentic the entire thing was. Seeing the two men walk the aisle together for the first time to do battle alongside one another rather than his foes, was chill-inducing and one of the most incredible moments ever. One that can never be duplicated. Two very important issues uh, at hand right now. Dusty Rosie and McAdoo. One is my closest friend in life is Magnum T.A. and the accident that he suffered. The last two weeks have been very difficult for Dusty Rosie and McAdoo because Magnum T.A. and Dusty Rhodes made their own rules. We love fast cars and fast times, and that's the way we lived on the end of that lightning bolt that crashes through this vast earth of ours. That's the way we're going to continue to live. And after it happened, Nikita Koloff called me on the phone, and we talked for hours. And we met and talked for more hours. I don't believe everything that Nikita Koloff believes in, and he doesn't believe everything that I do. But living in this country gives you that right to be free, to have freedom of speech, to have freedom of choice, to have freedom to do and be what you want to be. And me never being one to go by the rules of the book, I have a lot of bad feelings about a lot of bad things. And some stuff undone, the four horsemen undone. Whether you like my choice or not is not really important to Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. The respect you have, maybe of this country of ours, brought, as they're saying, these two superpowers together and didn't always agree on everything, but at least had a common bond of what you wanted out of life, then it'd be better. 
And I have a new partner. And that's Nikita Koloff. And Nikita Koloff, I know one thing about, is the greatest Russian athlete in the world. Nikki? Спасибо, Dusty. You know, I am proud Russian. And I am superior athlete. And I go to Japan and defeat many, many opponents. Well, last week I come back to America and I hear about Magnum TA. And I call you, Dusty. I call you because many times I meet Magnum TA in the ring. And many times we had a hard fight. And I learned to respect him. Well, now Nakita has cause. Many times Magnum TA say for him, he has no rule. And many times Nakita say for me, there is no law. Kremlin, Uncle Ivan, nobody tell Nakita what to do. And now you have to remember, I, Nakita Koloff, am greatest Russian athlete to ever walk this earth. David, and you hear the response from the fans of the superpowers walked out, Nikita Koloff and the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. You know what, Tony Schiavone, there's a storm of brewing across this great land of ours. Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, and Nikita Koloff are in the eye of that storm. We know what it's like to be in the eye of the storm. Nikita, my man, got me dressed up for Siberia, brother, but remember this. Nikita Koloff the only man Ivan Koloff can walk around Siberia without a shirt on. Don't you be coming out of here, Ivan Koloff, start running down dusty roads, much less Nikita Koloff. You're talking to the American dream. You over here, daddy. Whatever Nikita did, he did it because he wanted to, and he has no law. He has nobody to answer to but himself, just like Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. Nature boy Ric Flair, color yourself pretty, you understand? Oh, Lord, isn't he pretty? Big cars, fancy rings. Some of the ladies aren't as pretty as he makes them out to be, you understand? You can always find a dog at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? And most of them, most of them be roof roofing. But Dusty Rose gets his around nine. Cocktails, dinner, and lunch, and then evening play, you understand? Them are the ladies of the evening. The American Dream Dusty Rhodes comes for Tully Blanchard now, wearing some belong to me. You understand? You need to buy you something. You need to go get you something while you can. Because the money now gonna come back to Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. Nikita Koloff, they gonna eat some steel in the next upcoming weeks around this country. Yeah, I'm pretty. I know I'm pretty. But I'm most of all, the baddest man around in the world today. Nikita Koloff can do it anytime. He's more stalking. American Dream was a big test for Nikita. You see, I learned many different things about you, Rick Flair. I learned I can thank you how you like to say, you best shot, you figure four, and you know defeat me. I know quit. I know give up. I know, Rick Flair, you cannot defeat me, and I know I can defeat you. You see, it's going to take one mistake. And you're going to get hit with a Russian sickle, and you're going to go down. You see, Rick Flair, it's far from over. And you, Uncle Ivan, you say, I have a dream to be world heavyweight champion. 
What are you right? And you say you're going to try and stop me. You're going to try to ruin. Or maybe you forget American dreams say before. For me, there is no law. You see, you cannot stop me. I know I go to Kremlin, to nobody. Uncle Ivan, you stay out of my face. American dream, Red Flag is far from over. I will be new world heavyweight champion someday. The superpowers, and back with more right after this time. Possibly the greatest rivalry in the Dream's career was against the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. The Dream versus the Nature. When discussing the single greatest feud in wrestling history, there are a handful of rivalries that can make a worthy claim for the title. Austin McMahon, Sting vs. the NWO, Freebirds, Von Erichs, all very strong contenders. But Dusty Rhodes even has several himself against men like Terry Funk, Kevin Sullivan, Abdul the Butcher, all of which an argument could also be made for. But it's hard to deny just how amazing the battles between Rhodes and his arch-rival Ric Flair were. Would one man have been as successful without the other? It's astonishing to think that when he started in the business, Flair asked for permission to call himself Ramblin' Ricky Rhodes and be billed as Dusty's cousin due to how his career progressed. But that's exactly what he did. Fortunately for the Nature Boy, Dusty gave him some of the best advice he'd ever receive and told him instead of trying to be the next Dusty Rhodes, focus on being the first and only Ric Flair. And we all know how that turned out for the Nature. Flair and Rhodes made event made evented in practically every wrestling arena in America, and at one time or another, always managed to add something different to keep their battles fresh, which is pretty remarkable considering WWE currently burns through feuds in a couple of months before their fans grow tired of them. They played off each other so well, and were the perfect antithesis for each other. The style and profile of limousine ride and jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun, nature boy, First, the blue-collar, son of a plumber, common man's embodiment of the American dream, but we will remember the long-lasting legacy between Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, a rivalry that made the nature boy what he was to this day, just proving how good the American dream was. Uh, I've always, uh, you know, every time we've talked on the phone, I've always wanted to talk to you about promos because... Every now and then, someone will you know, make up a, a promo list. Oh, who the best talkers were. Well, you're always on everybody's list, and if you're not on someone's list, then they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground about promos. I played the Hard Times promo in my opening segment, and you've got so many memorable uh, promos throughout your career. Let's spend a little bit of time specifically talking about that. What was your approach to creating your your promo style, I mean, your your cadence, your rhythm, the way you talk, I mean, you, you're born with a little bit of a lisp, right, Dust? And a lot of lisp, yeah, but, handicapped or, or whatever. But, but I know, but that worked, never, that worked for you because, I mean, the way yeah, you put yeah. your words together, I mean, it drew me in. You're, you know, yeah. you're a little bit older than me. You're the generation ahead of me, so I grew up watching yes. you and yes. just listening to you talk and and the emotions, it was like, Man, of course, I just loved what you stood for. You were the working man. <laughs> I was drawn yeah. to what you were 
uh, saying because I know that you, I knew that you were feeling what you were saying. But so many times, and I watch you know your stuff, you know, in the Carolinas with the Crockett's, and then you know when you went to Vince, a lot of those ringside promos and the stuff you were spitting out was just pure audio gold. And it just say, hey man, if I had if I had the money and I was right there, I'm buying a ticket to see this cat wrestle. Were you always a gifted talker? I think I was gifted in and and being able to have a vision of what I wanted to say spontaneously. Not not in let's go. It's like when you have done the you know your movie work and all the stuff that you've done. You're in a script, and I teach my kids now at developmental at WCW. I teach them in the acting class that I teach is that's fine and dandy. But no matter what you're handed, it still has to come out of your mouth, has to be you. I, growing up in the Sunday in the black uh, Baptist church uh, that I, we went to over in Bastrop, Texas, with my dad when he would go over there every Sunday and visit uh, T.C. Lee and work plumbing with him. And I would sneak over to that church just like you read about in the movies, and I would hear them sing. And I'd hear the gospel, and I'd hear him talk. And I grew up in that neighborhood where, uh, you know, the dominantly uh, black neighborhood and uh, Latino neighborhood. So I finally realized this. It was not a, it was not like a, you know, a rep, repetition that came all over my head or whatever they call it, that I got this thing from outer space somewhere, is that the wrestling part was cool. The story in the ring is cool because you got a blank canvas. you got an opportunity with a blank canvas when you walk out there and you'll paint in 20 minutes or an hour, whatever you, however long you go, you're painting your own portrait. They'll either buy it or they won't. But I understood at an early age that the old, I'm going to see you Friday night and kick your ass in Orlando, Kevin Sullivan, and I'm going to beat you up, and that's at 8 o'clock, and don't forget to buy your tickets at Walmart. Well, that's fine and dandy, man, but, the, you know, the common man don't want to hear that, man. They wanted to hear what I had to say about current events blended in with the way I told it and the way I told the story. And, yeah, they knew I was going to be in Orlando. I didn't have to tell them I was going to be in Orlando. I, I didn't have to tell them that, that I was going to be arresting Kevin Sullivan or, or whoever it was or the Korean assassin. So I took that opportunity then to spontaneous relate to them how I was feeling on that moment, that morning, that day. And with the Hard Times promo, it was very simple. I was sitting in the control room. J.J. Dillon was my assistant at the time. He was sitting down below me. And I was sitting in the control room doing the show, booking the show, also starring in the program, also starring in, in TBS 605 for, for so many years. And he said, okay, you're up, just like that. J.J. turned around and said, you dream. I took the headsets off. I walked out to the set. As I walked through the curtain, I knew that that was a point in time where our country was in hard times. But not one thought did I give to this interview until it came out of my mouth. Not one thought till that interview came out of my mouth and became as famous as Gone with the Fucking Wind. But you just, uh, I mean, I, I never really, uh, is, I've, man, I've seen, you know, countless of your promos. When I was watching back in the day, uh, you know, on the, on the uh, Superstation, back in, in the heyday, or just pulling something up on YouTube, I just never seen a flub, a tick, a hitch, a, you know, uh, you just always seem to flow. Yeah. Uh, all no. of those were just ad lib spontaneous, or or did you ever? No, no, they were they weren't. Stephen, they were as you know yourself, because you created a character that there's not anything like it in our modern in your era. So we say in the '70s with the Rhodes there, and then they went to the 
the Hulkamania area, and then, and then they went to the Austin area, and now they go to the Cena area. I left out a lot of people in between there. I left out Rock and left a lot of people. But that was the area that dominates uh, dominates our our landscape of our business. There's no, there's no other era. They were the king of them eras. I mean, as you went through the different eras, that's how it flowed. I mean, we had to talk about Superstar and talk about Ric Flair, but really that was the power of them different areas that I just named. So with that being said, you also had that opportunity to pretty much go out there once they turn you loose and you got in your mind, this is what I'm going to do, whether they like it or not. And it becomes real. So the audience believes that it's real. They believe what they were saying. And I wanted them to think one thing. If you were an attorney, you could sit down and eat with me in a fancy restaurant. If you were a, a, a black person, you could sit and invite me over and I would eat in your living room. If you were white, I would do this in your living room. I would play with your kids. I was, I was a cowboy. So I, I tried to encompass one thing, and Steve, I always remember this, and I try to teach this too, is if I'm selling, I want them all selling in the audience. If I'm coming back, I want them all coming back. If I'm bleeding, I want them bleeding. If I win, they win. If I lose, they lose. Once you encompass that whole concept of our industry, that's when you become a power broker. And power broker, I did, like it or not, uh, with with uh, all the knocks or whatever and all the great things that happened, I'm very blessed. Power broker I was. You're a power broker. She's a power broker. You know what I mean? And, and, and Hogan was a power broker at the time. There were four. There were power brokers. I'm not saying I'm better than Ric Flair or anything. Or better than Steve Austin. I'm just saying during the 70s, 80s, right. 90s. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, you all know that Dusty Rhodes has been injured. Well, we want to welcome back tonight Dusty Rhodes for his first interview since his injury. Here is the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. First of all, I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85, it is to the wrestling fans, it is to Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, with that weight, got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work and got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years, 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard times. And we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature boy Ric Flair. 
the world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm gonna reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. Dusty Rhodes Tour 885 and Ric Flair Nature Boy. Let me leave you with this. One way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world's heavyweight title. I'm gonna take it, I've been there twice. This time when I take it, Daddy, I'm gonna take it for you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now, cause I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real wolf champion. And I'm proud of you and thank God I have you. And I love you. Love you! The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Well, all the inclusion in the WWE Hall of Fame has proven to be arbitrary, it's still a coveted honor by many of the industry stars, and it gives them a chance to break character and thank those who helped them make their legendary careers possible. For some, it's their one last time in the, in the main event spotlight. We've seen some great speeches over the years. Most recently, Alundra Blaze tore down the house. And we'd expect no less than the American dream to once again move us with his words. Seeing Dusty inducted in 2007 by his sons, Cody and Dustin, in which Dustin was many years spent estranged from his father, Dusty, was an awesome moment. It also made Cody become a star, and he was signed on to a main event or a main roster-level contract just months after this induction speech. Cody stole the show more so than Dusty. For the millions of Rhodes fans out there, it was great to see a performer who meant so much to the business get the accolades and appreciation he deserved. Dusty thanked the workers and the fans who made his career possible and went out on as high a note as possible. He gave us an, an updated version of the Hard Times promo before ending the interpretation of his classic line, I have wined and dined with kings and queens, and I've slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. What a great speech, what a great moment, and what a great career and man was the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. All my life, I've wanted to be exactly like my dad and realize that I could never, that I could never follow in his footsteps and actually step in his shoes, that I had to venture out and do it on my own. And tonight, I've realized that, and I'm standing here with my bro, and we are fixing to do something that is really, really wonderful, and that's put our father in the Hall of Fame. In the WWE, in this wonderful company, when he donned polka dots, he reminded us something so, so important, and that is that being common is absolutely uncommon because there is strength in numbers.
And now I am so proud to present you our father, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. What an honor it is tonight to be inducted in this class of 2007 with such tremendous athletes. I am humbled by you all. One thing is for sure, though, when you go back and you look at our industry, you look at passion. You look at the, the road. You look at hard times on the road. You look at driving down the road, night after night, trying to make a town, getting $25. That's hard times. It's our duty to make it good times for the fans that pay their money to see us perform each and every night. Superstar Billy Graham in Madison Square Garden on the third match when I walked out of the ring. There's a shot of me looking back. And you know why I was looking back? It was not about the money. It was about, I don't want this night to be over. I want this thing to, to still happen. I want to be able to uh, take all this in. I love this industry. Like I said, you paid for it. You put me in the, the place that I am today. Being a Hall of Famer with these guys is very special. I love you too, buddy. You don't know how much. So with that being said, I want to say just a little one of my rhymes that became very famous and hope I didn't forget anybody. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, that it's important to not forget when you're up here talking, I already talked about these guys. But truly, I have wined and dined with kings and queens. Thank you. The son of a plumber, from polka dots to championships, Dusty Rhodes has seen and done it all. The professional wrestling industry lost a true legend who to this very day made an impact on this industry. Go back and listen to the comments from the NXT superstars on how important Dusty was in the multiple careers and everyone he touched in this industry. I've never heard of a name being mentioned in more superstar stories of them growing and learning in this field more so than the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. You can go and listen to other podcasts by superstars Rick Flair, Steve Austin, talk about Dusty Rhodes. They'll have more insight on their experiences hands-on with them. I, unfortunately, wasn't lucky enough to have the opportunity to announce him. I surely will miss that. But we can live on and watch Dusty on the WWE Network, on YouTube, and still carry on his legacy. Dusty, thank you for the memories. And all of us here at the SNS Radio Network and Beyond the Bell would like to thank you for all you've done. Thank you, Dream. Tonight, we remembered one of the greatest superstars ever in professional wrestling. Thank you, fans. I'm Sean Beckerman, signing off. Dusty, we will never, ever forget you.
the pages of the World Wrestling Federation official merchandise catalog, here's Dusty Rhodes. Whoa, this is Dusty Rhodes, and you know I got my hands full in the World Wrestling Federation. And full of what? Come in here, darling. We gonna show him some stuff. I got the official WWF merchandise catalog stuff right here. You can order it out of that catalog. I'm gonna tell you in a minute how to get it. Look at here. We got a WWF hat right here. Look how fine that looks on Dusty Rhodes and McAfee. What else we got? Woo, Sapphire, come on in here, baby. We got an Ultimate Warrior Suck Cup. And you can take this cup, put milk in it, juicy, whatever you want to do. What else we got? Oh, look at here. Oh, a belt. You can be a champion. Everybody can be a champion. Just like all the great stars in the World Wrestling Federation. And what else, darling, right here? Oh, show that. That's my favorite. Hold that up there. Dusty Rose official t-shirt. Throw that up there in the camera. Oh, is that pretty? And let me tell you, merchandise catalog, genuine. Only place you can get it right to this address right now. For your free catalog, write to the World Wrestling Federation Merchandise Department, P.O. Box 3866, Stamford, Connecticut, 06904. Whoa, the WWF official merchandise catalog, brother, got all kind of stuff in it. You know what I'm talking about? And it's the stuff dreams are made of. Yeah, you're bitten off a little bit more than you can chew. Sticking your nose in the big boss man's business. Wow, man, brother love. You talking about me doing hard times? I don't do hard times. I am the good time rock and roll man. And the big boss man, he's so mad now. I got his billy club, yeah. I got his handcuffs. Ooh, boss man, made you the judge jury of Americana. Nobody did. People on the streets now, all the brothers now, are saying we're not afraid anymore. We're not afraid because Dusty Rhodes Americana now hold the cup. Now hold the club. And now it's going to be good times in America. Good time, Americana. And Buzz Man, whoo, I bet this hurts when you hit somebody with it. How it's going to feel when I bring it in to you. When I got the cuffs, I got the club, and I got the good times. And, woo, I'm going to tell you something that'll turn you sour. And that's this music, brother. I want this music. Stop the music. Stop it now. I want to hear some good time rock and roll. I want to hear some good time common man Boogie, let's get it now, baby. Woo, yeah. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect. No honor. There is no honor amongst thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around the country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them to go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job for 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard times. 
and we all had hard times together. I admit, I don't look like the athlete of the day he's supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But brother, I am bad. And they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and his dead brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'ma reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reaching out because of the love that was given me and this time, I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. Dusty Rhodes Tour, 85.